G'day, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Coach Mark Carroll podcast. Happy to say today I have got Sheridan Sky back to help me with my podcast. So it's not just myself talking for 20 minutes to you all. I'm very, very sorry about that for the previous weeks. I couldn't think of anything worse than having to listen to me talk constantly for 20 minutes. So how are you, Sheridan? I'm good. Hi, guys. It's good to be back. Sheridan was on a holiday. I was not on a holiday. I have two kids. I don't holiday. We're off partying in the Greek islands or something as usual. Guilty. All right. So today we are going to talk about a topic I really um, like as a coach talking about is diet breaks versus refeeds. So diet breaks and refeeds, long story short, are just days where we're going to bring our calories up to primarily maintenance calories or slightly above into a small surplus. This is going to be done in periods of dieting when we have been in a calorie deficit. Basically, we are just trying to break up every single day being in a calorie deficit. So we're strategically utilizing high calorie days to give us a break or our clients a break from really the rigors of long-term dieting. But people often confuse diet breaks and refeeds. They are two different things. Um, I'll throw it over to Sheridan to firstly um, explain just what is the difference between a diet break and a refeed. All right. So a refeed is really going to be that shorter duration of, as you said, going to maintenance or in a slight surplus. And this is generally, you know, under seven days. I really like around three to five day sort of increments. And then your diet breaks are going to be that, you know, longer duration. So seven to 14 days for some people, it might even be a little bit longer. With Refeeds, refeeds, I like to use probably a bit more with clients than diet breaks these days. Obviously, a diet break is quite a, a long period. So it really depends how long you have with a client. Mm. When I'm working with clients, some of my clients I've worked with privately now for a couple of years, that's where I'll incorporate diet breaks more often. But if I only have, say, six to eight weeks with a client to get them a, a fast result, I'm probably not going to be spending one to two weeks at a time with calories right up out of a deficit. So that's why um, it's important to understand the difference because both are really useful. Now, why are we using them? They actually both will have a slightly different goal behind it. Um, with a refeed, it's going to be primary, primarily more psychological benefits of breaking up the rigors of dieting. Um, whereas a diet break there are going to be potentially more physiological benefits. Um, Sheridan, do you want to chat about those two studies we were just talking about before? Yeah, so, you know, I think the key word here is potential physiological benefits um, because, you know, there was a study done a really long time ago. And so let's let's really just break down the evidence for it, right? So, you know, we've, we've got evidence, but then we also as coaches need to, put our coaching hats on and figure out, you know, what is appropriate for our clients. And, you know, yes, the evidence is there, but we also need to look at the evidence, right? So there was a study done a long time ago. It was called the Matador study. So it was basically examining what diet breaks are. 
Now, it wasn't a metabolic ward study. So a metabolic ward study is where they actually take the participants into like a, a ward, so a hospital sort of setting, and they essentially will look at absolutely everything that they're doing. They'll provide all of the meals, the participants don't leave the ward, etc. This wasn't a ward study, but all of the meals were provided to the participants. So it's as close as we can sort of get to, you know, um, a, a metabolic ward study. So in this particular study, they looked at um, obese men and over a period of six months. And what they did is they separated the participants in two different groups. One group did 16 weeks of continuous dieting. And then the second group did two weeks of dieting and two weeks of a diet break. So it was like a two to two ratio. Now, when you think about it, though, if, if group one did 16 weeks of continuous dieting and then group two did two weeks of dieting followed by a two-week diet break, the duration of their dieting or their, their, the phase was longer. So group one was 16 weeks. Group two had to be longer because they had those periods of the diet breaks, right? So it was basically looking at, you know, does a diet break improve uh, fat loss efficiency? Does it retain more lean body mass? And this particular study actually found that it does. So diet breaks did have a very beneficial effect on fat loss efficiency and the retention of lean body mass. Then if I, you... I'm sorry, I'll just jump in there, Sheridan. I think the important part to note though is, you said it earlier, was... The difference in duration and that's the thing that people often don't really take away from that study is that i think what you had the weeks there i think the weeks was almost close to double the the length of dieting which sounds fine on paper but if someone's having to diet for months longer to get a little bit more muscle retention that is probably for everyone not the most ideal situation yeah, yeah, exactly. And based off of the back end of this study, everyone sort of was like, oh, diet breaks are the absolute bee's knees. We're going to use them all the time. And I still use diet breaks. I, I love diet breaks for the for the right reason. But a newer um, research came out, I'm, I think it would have been a few years ago, and it was called the Ice Cap Trial. It was actually done by an Australian guy. I think his name's Jackson. I'd have to look that up. But this diet break, uh, sorry, this study was looking at athletes doing diet breaks so we've already got two very vastly different you know a cohort of people right we had obese men and then we had um athletes very very different but this study looked at um three weeks of a diet break uh, three weeks of dieting followed by a one week diet break so it was a three to one ratio compared to the matador study which was a two to two ratio now, this study found that there was no meaningful difference in fat loss, no meaningful difference in retention of lean body mass or metabolic adaptation. So it kind of flipped the Matador study on its head. And then people who were like, diet breaks are the bee's knees were like, diet breaks are shit. We should never use them. And let's just throw them out of our, you know, um, toolkit, essentially. Um, but what I will say is that the ice cap trial actually found that there was an improvement in certain markers which helps satiety. And if we think about what is the most, when we think about macros, calories, everything aside, what is the most important factor in achieving 
any body composition result. Adherence, right? So yeah. if you can adhere better to something, then, and that's a tool that you can use with your clients, then I say, use it. Yeah, so <clears throat> the whole idea when I came across diet breaks, I think I started implementing them around like, five years ago, I think back in 2017, was to basically manage what happens when you are dieting, when you are losing weight. Um, the whole idea behind the whole diet break was that when we do diet, when we start losing weight, we start to have um, issues with our hunger hormones, our satiety hormones, our hunger hormone ghrelin begins to um, increase. While with an inverse relationship, our satiety hormone leptin begins to decrease. So what we have is why if you ever started dieting, you'll find that initially it's easy. You're not hungry. You have a meal, you're full. You don't think about your food, but then you start losing weight and you start losing more weight and more weight. And all of a sudden, you have that same meal that you used to enjoy. And very quickly after, you're feeling like you could eat again. And then the next meal you have, it's just looking at the clock, waiting until you, you can have that next meal. And then you have that old meal that used to really fill you up. And you have it, and all of a sudden, you feel like you could eat three or four of those meals. So what's happening there is that your ghrelin levels are increasing. So yeah, yeah. Your hormones that regulate appetite increasing and then leptin begins to decrease, which means your hormones that regulate satiety, how full you are, begins to decrease. So that fun inverse relationship. So the whole idea was behind diet breaks was that if you spent time with calories back up, what could happen potentially was that that time of calories up out of a deficit could then help fix that inverse relationship so ghrelin levels could begin to lower so hunger can lower back down and then satiety can go back up now the key difference was that what we realized what what we were taught i was definitely taught was that in order to do this one or two days of high calories would not be sufficient so that's the difference between a refeed and a diet break was that a refeed even having calories up for even high periods, it's not going to do anything meaningful to um, fix that relationship between hunger and satiety hormones because it's not going to be a significant amount of time. So that's why I started to push towards diet breaks because the studies at the time were seem, seeming to represent that if you could have calories up for a good week, one to two weeks, that you're going to have a much better ability to increase leptin levels again and decrease um, your hunger hormone ghrelin for a period of time. So that's the whole idea, I guess, long story short, between the whole idea between refeeds and diet breaks was that a diet break was going to be more for physiological adaptations to help you manage hunger. And then a refeed is not so much that, it's more just giving someone a mental reprieve from dieting. So it's going to be that psychological benefit. Is that kind of how you look at the two? Yeah, for sure. So there's even, you know, studies that show that when you look at a refeed, so a period, you know, say three days, for example, compared to that of a, a diet break being, let's say, two weeks, that satiety hormones actually do increase in their longer duration, but they really don't increase 
in any meaningful way um, with a shorter duration. Uh, so yes, definitely, I think that a, a, a refeed is more of a psychological um, break from dieting, but then potentially a, a diet break can decrease metabolic adaptation or it can improve fat loss efficiency and also the retention of lean body mass. Now, I say potentially just because I think that even considering the two studies that we have looked at, we don't have enough really solid evidence to say that it does. And I think we could go so, so deep into this topic about, you know, what metabolic adaptation actually is and things like that. So I think it's looking at it as, yep, okay, if if I do want to, you know, practically try and decrease metabolic adaptation or I want to try and decrease the amount of muscle that my client's going to lose, then I'm going to be looking at a diet break. But if my client is just like had enough, they are about to, you know, fly off the edge of going YOLO, then maybe you need to look at a refeed. And sometimes that refeed period can just be enough for them to be like, oh yeah, like I feel refreshed now. I'm ready to go back into a, a deficit. For sure. The way I guess I want the audience to see how I'd use them both is I guess using kind of example client case studies. So for myself, I will train a lot of people for comps at the moment. I've got people um, competing in bikini competitions as that's kind of my main bread and butter. And that's where you're trying to get someone a really elite level result. And they need to be obviously at a certain body fat level and shape and size or whatever at a very specific date. So there's going to be much more urgency to have someone ready. Obviously you can't have them be spending weeks and weeks of their calories up four weeks out of comp if they need to lose a fair bit of weight. But then likewise, if you're working with someone for, with no real urgency um, to be a certain body fat level at a specific time, that's where, again, diet breaks can be a good option as well as there's not as much pressure to have to have someone ready. So you're going to be more confident that you can have someone up, obviously calories higher before you bring them back down. So remember, if you're doing diet breaks and if you're doing refeeds, let's say you do 12 weeks of, with a client and if you're giving them four weeks of diet breaks, in that 12 weeks, they're not actually dieting for 12 weeks. That's what people seem to forget. If they're doing four weeks of diet breaks, it means in that 12 weeks, they've only dieted for eight weeks. Mm. So every time you break the, take the calories up, it means you are in turn, obviously decreasing the time they're actually in the calorie deficit, which can be a good thing, but you also need to look at when do you need someone to be at a certain body fat for, which is why when I'm trying to work out when I need to, or how long I need to prep someone to get them, say, stage ready. What I always try to do is I always try not, I try to factor in how much weight they need to lose. So then I factor in, okay, let's say they need, I want to have them lose half a kilo a week. That means, um, and they need about six kilos. That means they need about 12 weeks of dieting. So for every two weeks, they can lose about a kilo. So, but they need to lose six kilos. That means they need about 12 weeks of dieting. But this is where people, as I said, kind of make the mistake is that then they go, all right, we'll, we'll do a 12-week cut to have them ready. But then they want to add in the diet breaks and all the refeed days, and that's going to slow down fat loss. So when I'm trying to get someone in, in an amazing, incredible shape, I always want to factor in 
the, the strategic diet breaks. So if I have someone these days who probably needs 12 weeks of dieting, they're going to be doing say a 16 week prep because I'm trying to factor in those weeks out of a calorie deficit. So that way it's going to give you time to have the 12 weeks to get the sufficient amount of fat loss, but then also the, the diet breaks. You're also strategizing about the days out of the deficit, which I think is really important. That way you're factoring everything in because you need to understand that if you're implementing diet breaks, that's fantastic, cool, but also understand that means there are days and weeks where they're not going to be potentially losing body fat. Yeah, for sure. And I think that thinking about your client and the way that they're sort of moving throughout their deficit is really important because you mentioned to me before, Mark, that, you know, someone like Lauren hates diet breaks. And there are a lot of clients that I work with where if I were to throw in a diet break, it would completely mess up the momentum that they've kind of found in that deficit period. And they have a lot of trouble switching between the, you know, the behaviors and the choices that you you make around food when you're in a deficit to then going to those higher calories and then having to switch back into that deficit mindset. Whereas if you take someone like me, if you don't give me frequent refeeds and diet breaks, I will lose my mind. <laughs> so it's really important to consider who am I working with? And yeah, all these magical things that might happen with a diet break, but is it going to throw my client off? And likewise, if I don't give them regular diet breaks and refeeds, is that also going to mess with them mentally? Yeah, so what I find interesting is how clients respond to these diet breaks and refeed strategies. What I've seen in the past when I was really coaching a lot of people and I was implementing these, a diet break for some was the best week ever. And then the next week, it led to so much momentum. They felt so rejuvenated. They were flying. Um, their training was amazing. Then others, they said they felt so hungry. They felt terrible after. They wish they never did it. Why do you make me increase my calories, Mark? Here I am trying to be the best coach and trying to take care of my clients and um, trying to make their fat loss as, I guess, healthy as possible. And here they are abusing me for um, increasing their calories because it just wasn't what they needed because it lost their momentum. So something I, I also look at these days is not being too planned with when you're going to do diet breaks. I used to be like a with a lot of clients, a bit more blanket or a bit more one size fits all where I was like, okay, we're going to diet for six weeks and then do a one to two week diet break, diet for six weeks and then do a one to two week diet break. What I found though, from a lot of experience doing this is if someone's dieting and they're losing really well, everything's in the zone. You know, that feeling where mm. you just feel so on top of your training, you feel so on top of your nutrition, you have a fantastic routine, you're not hungry, um, you're hitting your macros every day, you're making progress, you're in the zone. And then all of a sudden you, your coach comes along and says, all right, now I want you to increase 500, 600 calories for the next week or two. Even though you're like, well, I'm losing that. I'm feeling great. I'm in the zone. I'm progressing. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden as a coach, you're trying to do what you think is the right thing. And you give them this big calorie increase. And then they're kind of force feeding when they don't really want to, they're not enjoying it. And then after they actually 
come out of a week of higher calories, feeling like they've gone backwards. They can't get their momentum back. They're now hungry again and things like that. So what it can also do is play with someone's um, rhythm, which is, which sounds, I guess, if you never dieted to a, to a really elite level, like, oh, that's fine. But once you lose that momentum, it can often be really hard to get it back. Yeah, for sure. And I used to do something similar where I would do it around the six-week mark. And the reason that I always chose the six-week six week mark is because that's sort of when people have lost the momentum, like that really exciting part of starting a deficit. And then it kind of starts to become really tedious. And it's like, all right, let's have a diet break. But these days, what I I do with my clients is I really look at their biofeedback. I look at, you know, are they feeling constantly hungry are they thinking about food all the time is their sleep going to shit what's their libido like and when I start to see that sort of happening I will discuss with them having a refeed or a diet break Um, because I think that on the opposite end of the spectrum what you can start doing is pushing your client through too much dietary fatigue to the point where they are just not making rational decisions. They don't have the ability to, you know, um, make decisions that align with their goals and they sort of just go YOLO. So also being mindful of when your client is at a point where they just need a break from their deficit. So Practically, if you are going to be in a, you know, have a diet break, there are a few things that you do need to consider. And the first one is it's not a cheat meal. It's not a cheat few days. It's not a cheat few weeks. So you really need to be taking the principles that you're applying with your your food and your deficit. So, you know, your whole foods, your volume foods, making sure that you're getting your protein, your carbohydrates, your fats in, and just having more of it. So don't think about like, oh, okay, I've suddenly got all these foods. I'm going to go out and get myself a block of chocolate. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Try and think of it as it's the same. It's just more. Yeah, whoever came up with the term diet break probably didn't do the best job because people mm. mess with me. So it means like it's a break from dieting, like you can just do whatever, right? I'm like, not exactly. If anything, you have to even be even more on top of your calories, on top of your macros, because we're not trying to, mm. you know, just have a free-for-all. We're trying to really hit these numbers. I guess a few key takeaways of it if you're looking at implementing diet breaks just so we um everyone knows i cover diet breaks and stuff like this really in detail in my building bikini body male method and also my challenges and in all of these programs where i have all this education i don't actually have written in this is when you have to do a diet break this is where you have to do a refeed what i do is i always provide education so that as sharon said you do it off when you feel like it's the appropriate time so i don't these days implement go in say a challenge or my bikini body 12 week program saying at eight week mark you have to do a one week diet break i want to provide the education so that people then have the knowledge how to implement correctly Mm. if and when they choose to do so and that's really important so it's not just a again with all my programs and stuff it's not a one size fits all i provide all the education and then i try to build up your knowledge to have the ability to choose when it's appropriate now if you're going to do a diet break sheridan do you want to just kind of touch on for everyone 
what you're actually trying to drive up. So obviously we've said a diet break or even a refeed, but both, but primarily diet break we'll use. Mm -hmm. If someone is going to increase their calories five to 600, say up to the, what, what, are, what are they doing? What macros are they choosing? What are they pushing and what are they not pushing? Yeah, good question. So, you know, when we look at how we break down macronutrients, we're going to look at, you know, protein um, essentially will remain the same. Um, you, you can, if you want to, because you are at a higher amount of calories, decrease it. But I tend to like to keep it the same just sort of, you know, for um, I guess the the habit formation, um, but I mainly will drive up carbohydrates, mainly because you know we've got our fat, so fats are really important for our hormonal markers, and we need a certain amount of fat in our diet. Um, whereas with carbohydrates, we don't need a certain amount of carbohydrates per se but when you think about you know performance we really want to be driving up those carbohydrates so when you're in a deficit often if you have to get to a really low level of calories then if you know if you, if you have a good coach they're mostly going to keep protein the same they might drive up protein a little bit more the leaner that you get um fats they try and keep around a certain benchmark whether that be 0.8 to 1 grams per kilo of body weight but for small periods of time depending on how low you're getting in your calories they might drive that down a little bit more so when you think about it when you've got low calories and you don't you've got one macronutrient left to use you've got carbohydrates so your carbohydrates might get pretty low if you're on low calories and we know that resistance training is glycolytic you need to have you know um carbohydrates to optimally perform so you know our glycogen levels so when you're coming out of you know a deficit into that um diet break or a refeed i like driving up carbohydrates for performance for another reason, I like um, driving up carbohydrates because it removes a lot of the noise that you'll see in scale weight, because obviously, you know, with every gram of carbohydrate that you eat, you will retain water. So it reduces the, the noise that you'll see in the scale. But the third reason is that there are studies that show that um, carbohydrates have a positive effect on your thyroid hormones. So that, that's something that does get downregulated during prolonged dieting. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but from memory, um, carbohydrates seem to have that effect where it, it does increase thyroid, which then in turn has the potential to increase leptin levels. Is that correct? And is that what you've seen? I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is that a study is, that shows that. That. The, that carbohydrates seem to have more of a positive effect potentially on um leptin and ghrelin levels over the fats or would you say it's more just like a calorie standpoint i'd say it's more thyroid um, um there are some studies that show that carbohydrates do have a, a more positive effect on yes your leptin levels but those studies also show that the second that you put that person back into a deficit, that ghrelin, and, yeah, it drops back down. So it might help in the, the interim when you're on those higher calories, but it doesn't really do much once you drop that back down. Got it. So I guess we'll touch base quickly on then refeeds. So we've spoken a fair bit about diet breaks and then refeeds. So the way I use refeeds are... Uh, 
well, there's a number of ways and you can obviously do a refeed. The traditional approach when I first heard about refeeds used to be say six days of low calories and deficit, then one day high day. So you might be six days, Monday to Saturday, calorie deficit, then the seventh day is a refeed day of high calories. And so that was kind of the tr traditional approach. These days, I, I use refeeds, again, much more just off, as Sheridan said, our client's feeling. And I prefer around probably an absolute minimum two days, but up to three to four days. So I, I, I like to call them more mini diet breaks because they're kind of in between. And recently, I just did one with my client, Anna, who is competing in the WBFF bikini comp in about five weeks time. So she's been dieting for about 18 weeks, I think. She looks sorry, good. 13 weeks. Yeah, so she's been dieting for about 13 weeks. She's lost about eight kilos now. So about two. So she's got about two kilos to go and we've got about five weeks. So here, this is where you, you think, well, yeah, she's been dieting for about 13 weeks. So that's where people often say, that's where you only want to use a longer diet break. But then you also need to look at, well, I've got only five weeks to have a drop two kilos, which means I don't have a huge time window. Do I want to spend one to two weeks of calories really high? No. So this is where I use just more those mini diet breaks, refeeds. And I think I gave her a three to four day refeed diet break, mini diet break of calories up. So that's where I prefer to use um, these approaches is look at how, how, how much time they need, how long they've been dieting, how they're feeling. And the way I actually did it was she's actually been feeling pretty good. But what I want to do is often the way I use these as a tool is when I know I'm about to push things even harder and drop calories further, this is where I often use a mini re a mini diet break or a, a, an extended refeed of those three to four days because I just want to have them feeling really good before I go into that final harder push. So I try to have that bit of a mental reprieve, increase their calories, before then dropping those calories that one final bit down we're often getting to a bit lower port um low lower level to have that final push and i find for clients adhering often then they feel really good instead of entering into an even more aggressive calorie deficit already feeling terrible if you can help a client go into that actually in a pretty good spot I find they tend to generally do that pretty well. So that's a cool way, I think, of utilizing um, refeeds. And another way I look at refeeds is just basing them off the client's life. For example, you might have a client who's a general population client, they're trying to lose weight, and then they tell you, um, hey, Mark, in three weeks' time, I've got my wife's birthday, my husband's birthday, or we've got this mm. event on the weekend. So I go, cool, let's diet hard. And then for your weekend, I really want you to enjoy your weekend. I'm going to give you more calories to play with. So mm. we're going to diet hard till then. And then in, in the three weeks time, we're going to use that as a refeed weekend. We're going to have Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I know you've got your parents down or whatever. You want to do something. We're going to have calories higher to give you more fun to enjoy your weekend. But you've gone into that. Basically, you've gone into that dieting really well often having that target date of increased calories can then help someone with adherence to mm. do the, the things really really well from a deficit point of view into the lead up and then they actually enjoy their weekend they have more calories to play with so they they don't feel guilt guilty for going increasing calories and having a glass of wine and stuff like that and then simply they just come back to the deficit after so you've done a fair few things well there you've given them a target date where they've worked really hard till 
you've given them a break from the dieting to actually enjoy their weekend. And then they then enter into the new week, having had that nice little mental reprieve. They've felt like they haven't missed out on a key social event. And then they feel ready to get back into it the next day. So I think that's a cool way as well of doing stuff where with the art of coaching is just use these strategically, but also time them not just to when you think is the perfect time, but also to your client's life. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And what do you do with steps and training when you're doing refeeds or diet breaks? It will depend on where they're at, what's their goals, obviously as always, but primarily when I'm doing a diet break for a client, something we here at Coach Mark Carroll for, for, for our challenges teach that we teach to do diet breaks in between our challenges. So we have our challenges for eight weeks, then they have two weeks in between, and then the next challenge begins. And a lot of we have thousands and thousands of people who do our challenges. And that way um, we try to teach people because we get so many, obviously, people who prone to living in calorie deficit that's where we're trying to promote um, the diet break and what we do though is we do deload weeks so people who do my challenges they get a deload program in between the challenge and so a deload program is where we're going to decrease training volume we're going to decrease steps we're going to take out cardio and we're just trying to teach client people to back off a bit so that's a cool way to do things of where you're really just trying to have a break from everything. So you're still training, you're still tracking nutrition. It's not a, I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm, not, I'm just going to eat junk food. I'm just going to eat, untrack everything and, and whatnot. You're still doing everything in a measure that, in a way that you can measure. You're still on top of everything, but you're just backing things off. You're increasing calories, you're decreasing steps, you're decreasing high training volume. Mm-hmm. By doing this, teaching people that they don't always have to go 100% kamikaze year round, mm-hmm. you allow to uh, people to then, have the ability to understand it's okay to back off to then allow themselves to um, attack it once more. Then in preps, when I'm prepping someone for a couple of my clients recently who I prepped exact same thing. If, if I, I use my client for Anna, for example, I think she had the four day um, mini diet break refeed. And what we did was I think her steps got up to about 14,000 steps and she was doing she would have had two cardios over those four days. So what I did there was I took out her cardio and I decreased her steps just down to her normal 10,000. So we just backed off for those four days before we then decreased cows again and we lift the volume back up for that final push. Yeah, got it. So I think a really important thing if people don't have coaches and they are managing their refits and diet breaks themselves, um, my last takeaway is to make sure you recalculate your maintenance because your maintenance is not going to be what it was when you started your diet. If you've lost five kilos, if you've lost 10 kilos, you're a smaller person, you take up less space um, and you are going to require less calories. So just remember that it's important to recalculate your maintenance before going into a refeed or a diet break. Exactly. So key takeaways, guys, I guess uh, both refeeds and diet breaks are just tools. Refeeds predominantly will use for psychological benefits, diet breaks, an extended period of calories up potentially has more benefits for physiological benefits they're both tools. They're not magic. I used to think that diet breaks were absolute magic. They're going to reset your metabolism and all these things. The research doesn't really 
Um, I agree with that. So more so, I just see them as tools. Mm. In the end, the goal is to get help a client get from point A to point B. Everything that you do, refeeds the diet breaks, they're just basically aiding someone to have the chance to be able to actually reach point B. That's the way I think of it. What can we do to help a client reach that endpoint? Everything in between, where they start and where they finish, refeeds, diet breaks, their training, all that stuff, their nutrition. It's all just a part of helping them person get to that final destination. Mm. It, it will differ for person to person. And if you're doing it yourself, just know it's not magic and just know that if it worked, one strategy worked for your friend doesn't mean it's the best strategy for you. If one of your friends loves diet breaks every three weeks, doesn't mean you have to do that. Because again, both Sean and I, we've trained a lot of people at very different levels and they all have different ways they like to go about dieting. Some what, what will work for one person might not work for their best friend at all. And that's important to understand. So don't just see, hey, my favorite influencer does this. So therefore I have to do it. Understand when it comes to nutrition, it's very much going to be a personalized approach. And that's really important because in the end, it comes down to adherence. What mm. we know a calorie deficit works, but it's just can you stick to that calorie deficit? Sometimes sticking to a calorie deficit, the best way to go is having a break from dieting for short periods of time to allow you to come back. Yep, definitely. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do enjoy the podcast, we would love for you to share it with your friends, your family, leave us a review if you want to. It really helps us to just understand how we can provide more value to you. And yeah, thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks guys.